Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Woo Wings, legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! Woo Wings. Yeah! Woo Woo! Hey, real quick, want to give a shout out to James up in Stoneville, North Carolina. He's a friend of the show. Hell, he's a friend of the family now. We were able to go ahead and help his family recently save more than $1,200 a month. Really think about this. My man Robbie didn't save $1,200 one time. He's going to save it each and every month, all because he went to save with Conrad.com. He left us a five-star review earlier this week, and he said this. From the first phone call with Christian, all the hard work Diane put in, Jennifer taking time to explain things and help me understand where we were at with the deal, right up to Steve helping me get this survey through, nothing but professionalism all around. Dealing with First Family has helped us to the point we've cut $1,200 a month off our bills. I can't say enough about the team Conrad has assembled. I highly recommend First Family to anyone looking to purchase or refinance their home Thanks to Conrad and the entire First Family team. No, thank you, James, for the great review. And congratulations on saving 1200 bucks a month. And oh, by the way, you can skip your next two house payments. It's real, folks. Savewithconrad.com can help you. We're licensed in more than 40 states. But if you've got credit card debt, if you're looking to save money on your monthly payments, if you're looking to pay your house off faster, or even buy a house with no money down, savewithconrad.com is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. That's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh, by the way, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. What are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfreeshows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fires Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at AdFreeShows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com. It's the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now. Adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA, and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends thought they win, look Shivani's back again. World title split off, center stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow. Under Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny, Matt, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch a long try not to laugh, Lois rules cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom Ziggs a good looking man. Klondike Bill, make a tip. Tommy, come over here. What happened, win? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co-host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're all here today for Steve Mongo McMichael. I greatly appreciate all of you coming out. ALS is an unbelievable disease, and of course, right at the, uh, the, the mark of 1230, uh, we're going to be live on Fight and YouTube. We want you guys to make a bunch of noise. This show is free on both platforms. We're doing it all for the donations. Please consider going to moneyformongo.com. Uh, every little bit helps, and we greatly appreciate all that you're doing for us by even being here today. So a round of applause for everybody coming out today. Of course, we're all in town this weekend for uh, Top Guy Weekend, our Patreon for adfreeshows.com, and of course, AEW. Who's fired up for All Out this weekend? <laughs> of course, the reason we're all here today is to pay tribute to Mongo McMichael. It's 1230. You know what time it is. It's time to raise some money. Please hurry to Mongo for Michael. I'll get it. Moneyformongo.com. Steve McMichael needs our help. And uh, ladies and gentlemen... Our guest of honor today, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Put your hands together. Okay, they tell me we're not live yet. They tell me you're going live at 1230. 
There's talk amongst friends here. Jibber jabber, jibber jabber. What was that? Three balls, zero strike. Three balls, zero strike. Whatever happened to this thing? I know, that was Come on, man. That was in your money for mongo.com thank you for watching on youtube or for watching on fight this show is absolutely free we're all coming together to support the great steve mongo mcmichael every little bit helps please hurry to money every single nickel goes directly to the mcmichael family and boy we've got a cast of hall of famers with us today uh, although he is saying he will refuse the nomination to go to the hall of fame the voice of your childhood ladies and gentlemen tony Schiavone. And, of course, the voice of professional wrestling, the WWE Hall of Famer, the legendary Jim Ross. The latest addition to our podcast network, number one in your hearts and minds, the hardcore legend, the Hall of Famer, Mick Foley. And all these years later, we're back together. It feels like it's been forever since I've been hanging out with Jeff Jarrett. Actually, it was just a month ago when he tried to kill my father-in-law. <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer, Jeff Jarrett, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe this is real, but we've got Eric Bischoff here, and he's got a beer. We're getting kicked off the air on a free show. Eric Bischoff, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, the guy who is uh, maybe most synonymous with Mongo in his wrestling career. Our guest of honor, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, the 16-time world heavyweight champion, or 21, depending on who's counting, the nature boy himself, Ric Flair, ladies and gentlemen.
when Tony Schiavone just shook Ric Flair's hand, he goes, nice to meet you, sir. Big fan. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> you know... I have entertained Mr. Giovanni over the years, aside from television. <laughs> you've entertained a lot of people over the years, and I'm sure you've had a lot of fun. Mr. Bischoff as well. <laughs> Rick, we're here today for Steve Mongo McMichael, uh, somebody you've been uh, in touch with a lot, even recently. I saw you talking to him just a few minutes ago on FaceTime. Catch us up about what's going on with Steve and why we're really here today. Well, um, it, not, his wife, lovely wife, Misty's here too. So, I'm, I'm guessing it's almost three years ago. Steve, we're, yep, there she is. Big round of applause for Misty, guys. Bravest woman in the world. So, uh, Misty, correct me if I'm wrong, I, it's been about almost three years since uh, Steve got ALS. Am I correct? It's three years, two and a half. And uh, he reached out to me, and, and I've, you know, I don't know if you know anything about Lou Gehrig. I'm not sure what generation we're talking about from, but I mean, that, ever since you've, I've seen so many critical conditions and ways of life, but that must, ALS is something that, to imagine that, this all-pro 285-pound tackle that should by all means be in the Hall of Fame, which is ridiculous. Better stats than Warren Sapp. I mean, realistically. Um, I, I would guess his body weight now is maybe 160 or 70 pounds. And, uh, he's 209? Oh, fantastic. Well, anyway... To be a guy that bench pressed 600 pounds legitimately and legitimately one of the toughest guys I've run my life um, and more fun than anybody I've ever spent time with. I mean, <laughs> Steve McMichael has got a gift. He's a gift from God to all of us. And uh, so glad we could get together. You know, everybody's got their own agendas in life. Everybody's got their own issues. But I think we all can agree that... Um, if we have an opportunity to all get together on the same format and support someone like Steve, um, who's going through this, and anybody else that suffers from this terrible disease. So we're all here, and we're thankful you're here, and I hope that the people watching us live know that, um, you know, um, like I said, everybody's got issues in life, but nothing would supersede what Steve's going through right now. Not in my personal life, and I've been sick a couple times, but never left with, with uh, the condition Steve's in. So thank you for coming out. It means a lot to all of us. Of course, this show is free right now. We encourage you to go make a donation, moneyformongo.com. But uh, Jeff, uh, you and I recently talked about Mongo not too long ago, and uh, Rick just referenced it. A 600-pound bench press. You've been in the ring with a lot of guys. Where does Mongo rank as far as just brute strength? I always kind of get asked the, uh, the bullet point questions, who's the best. I always say Sean Mike. Oh, no. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> sorry. I want to start off on the right foot. But no, no, no. You, you, you shot yourself in your Hall of Fame inductor's speech. Okay? <laughs> LeBron James, okay. I don't think so. Anyhow, just when, you get, when I get interviewed, just best match, 
best opponent, all the kind of best, best, best. And uh, a lot of folks have asked, who's the strongest guy or the quickest guy and all kind of athletic accomplishments? Kurt Angle was uh, a next-level uh, athlete. Scott Steiner, another guy. You, you, you look at Big Papa and all of his muscles and you don't realize really how fast and quick he is inside of a ring. Uh, but a lot of times people get surprised when I say, uh, when I'm asked, who's the strongest guy you've ever been in the ring with? And I immediately say, it's an easy answer, and it's Steve Mongo McMichael. Did you know two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35? In fact, more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. Well, Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of their competitors, and Keeps offers both of the only two FDA-approved medications that prevent hair loss. That's worth repeating. There are only two FDA-approved medications that prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both. Tony and I love Keeps because they offer a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep your hair. They've got convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications that are delivered straight to your door every three months. That means you don't even have to leave your house. They've also got 24 seven care and support keeps as a network of expert medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to support making your hair goals a reality. It's also low cost too. treatment start at just $10 a month and keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA approved medications to prevent hair loss. Treatment plans are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices keeps has everything your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and more importantly, proven results. Now, remember prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. And when it comes to your hair, save more and spend less. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K E E P S.com slash W H W to receive your first month of treatment free. That's K E E P S.com slash W H W to get your first month free. That's K E E P S.com slash W H W. And we thank keeps for sponsoring today's podcast. That's keeps.com forward slash WHW. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring twenties with new chapters added every week. The excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When I went to, and Steve used to call it, and um, you, the, you, Tony, you will probably remember this. He didn't ever say uh, here in WCW. It was here in the WCW. <laughs> it's how Mongo, he always called it the WCW. Uh, but when uh, 96, 97, uh, when we were doing, um, when I was leading the Four Horsemen uh, and Rick was on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> 
Having fun, Rick. Nature, we're having fun for Mongo. But uh, I had a series of matches. Uh, you, mean, against... you mean the time when I was fired for a year? <laughs> Which year was that? Well, Eric, Eric is a better authority on that than me, but we won't go there. Um, but uh, I just remember, and I'll, we'll make this quick. We've got a big panel up here, Conrad. But um, getting to work with Mongo, and let's just say, and JR can probably say this much more eloquently than I can. Uh, <laughs> Mongo was not polished in the ring. I'll, I'll just say that. He, he was not polished. Uh, but he wanted to do uh, a move where I came off the rope, and we did a side slam, uh, a lot of spots, and he wanted to do the thing where uh, he would flip me all the way through, and then we called it the Davy Boy Smith kind of power slam is, is what he wanted to go into. And so one night, um, coming off the ropes, he grabbed me, and when he flung me up, he flung me on his left shoulder. And I had no choice, and now we're up there, and he's holding me with his right arm, but I'm on his left shoulder, and it's awkward as hell, and I'm rolling off this shoulder, and he just kind of lets go, but then grabs me by my shoulders and everything, and he picked me, and then he got his other arm. I had no choice. He flipped me from one side to the other side on the shoulder, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then we went to slam. But he was unbelievably strong, uh, just kind of freakishly strong. But, uh, yeah, me and Mongo... Uh, we had some interesting matches, to say the least, but uh, he was a character, I'll say that, in the WCW. <laughs> and Tony Schiavone, you were there for a lot of those great Mongo moments. You got to spend some time with Mongo, you know, when he was at maybe the, the peak of his wrestling career. We'll call it 96, 97. Uh, what are some funny Mongo stories you can share with us today? That I can share with you? Or maybe you could. Uh, okay, I can't share any of them with you. No, I'm... I, I, I first met Mongo when, when Eric, you brought him in as the announcer on, on Nitro, and he had his little dog with him. Pepe. Pepe. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this badass doing with a wee little dog in his hand, right? But he had such a great, wonderful personality that even though he was not polished as a wrestler, nor was he polished as an announcer, he made it work, I thought. I really thought he made it work. And he, go, go ahead, Eric. What was no, I was going to say that was the magic. Was he had such a big personality that he right. didn't have to be polished. He didn't have right. to be finessed. Right. He was so entertaining, and his personality was so big, and he was so freaking entertaining. Right. That even if he chopped some stuff up, you enjoyed being a. Part. Yeah, right. And I got to be very good friends with Kevin Butler, who was a kicker on the on the Bears team, and uh, Kevin and. I, uh, there, yes, there is a Jim Barnett story in there, but we won't talk about that. My boy. <laughs> So, <laughs> but he and I talked a lot about Mongo and about being friends with Mongo, and he and he told me he said of all the guys on the Bears, he was the badass. He really, really was, and there were a lot of badasses on that team. Maybe the greatest football team of all time in the NFL. Eighty-five Bears, no question. Uh, but then, when someone like Mongo, who leaves the NFL, becomes a part of us. And we all know this. You become a part of us, you're a part of us for life, right? I mean, here we are all together again. We've gone our different ways. And yes, it is, Jim. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here's another one. Just when I thought I was out, they brought me back in. Okay, there's another one for you. But once he became a part of us, it was like, man, you didn't think of him as a as an NFL player anymore. You thought of him as one of us and a, and a wrestler who was raw in many ways, but like you said, Jeff, God, he could do a lot of things. I thought he was a great announcer. 
I really, I thought he was a great color guy because he was just himself. And the best announcers to me are just themselves. So that's what I remember more about him. And, and Eric, you gave him the opportunity to be one of the main voices of Nitro when it first kicked off. Of course, you famously didn't allow Tony Schiavone to be that voice. You put yourself in there. But we'll talk about that another day. For obvious reasons. reasons. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Jeff but, Jarrett wouldn't use me either. But that's okay. <laughs> so talk we to love you. each other. We really do. <laughs> right. Can we, I'll, I'll just say a fun story and we'll, we'll stop shooting here. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, otherwise, I'll have to get involved again. <laughs> so Eric calls me and he said, you know, um, Kevin Greenwell. I said, yeah. He said, why don't you call, ask Kevin if uh, you think about coming over to WCW and we'll tag you and Mongo, tag, tag him and Mongo up to wrestle you in iron. So I called Kevin and Kevin, uh, and they both became very close friends. And as you all know, Kevin passed away two years ago. Wonderful guy, but he got in the Hall of Fame just the year before he passed away. So it was tragic, but Kevin, anyway, so we go to Atlanta, we rehearse. <laughs> Here's Nita Wonderman ever wrestled. And where Mongo was just relaxed and patient, Kevin Green ran, ran at a different speed. I mean, he wanted to beat everybody in the dressing room that, that thought he was, if he was doing something wrong. I mean, wake it, up in the morning and his yeah, eyes yeah, were this yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> they never got so, smaller. So we're having this match, we're working out, and we're having fun, and <laughs> we get the heat on Mongo, Mongo's selling back and forth, and then <laughs> we gave, Kevin Green says to me, before we go out, he's like, can I suplex you too? I said, no. <laughs> the only thing that made me feel any comfort at all is we fed, I took the original tag, he bounced around, did give me a suplex, jumped on me, beat the hell out of me, and then Iron fed, and he came out of his stance, and I wish Iron was here to share the moment. And Iron's one of these talented guys, the gifted in our business, he can take that cartwheel flip when you get hit, but... You know, I can spin right there, right? <laughs> he didn't have to. He didn't have to take it. Kevin Green was hard that forearm shiver, arm flipped completely. I know. I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't wait for the briefcase to come in. And get hit in the head. Oh my God! But man, they were so special. We went back out, and Mongo was like, "Oh man, it was so, so much fun." And just we just Mongo's like me. We just went, went right to the bar. You know, yeah. why? Why even go to the room and put your bags up? Let's go right to the bar and celebrate the moment. <laughs> Why waste a half hour getting to going upstairs and cologne on? Right, they're already here. <laughs> yeah, he was another level on that <laughs> no on shit. that account. He was no shit. <laughs> I got was. I got more money. You got time, kid. Jesus, <laughs> 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 say to me. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, what was your experience with Mongo? Broadcaster of the year, Are right we here. On? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had good, good experiences with him. I had to calm Reggie White down to, because Mongo was, uh, as Reggie said, was uh, flagrantly cursing at WrestleMania. What WrestleMania were those guys? 11. 11. 11? Yeah. And uh, whatever. You forget them. <laughs> they come and they go. It's another, oh, they I run, WrestleMania. They run good together, for buddy. You. <laughs> good for you. It's all about you, right? I'm telling you, uh, Reggie was a very religious man, and the, hence the Minister of Defense moniker. But he didn't like, he, did, he resisted the overuse of foul language. And I think one thing we can all say at this 
dais, as that's what they call these things, is the fact that, uh, you know, Steve was just, he was free-flowing, man. He could be around the women, he could be around the, the clergy, the priest, the father, son, and the Holy Ghost. And he didn't give a shit. <laughs> so he was just an outspoken, uninhibited guy. And, uh, you know, the only thing I didn't like about him, he played at Texas. I cannot condone that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't. But he was a hell of an athlete. He's a badass and a, a nice guy. I'm glad that we're doing this for him and his family. So I hope everybody's generous today. And don't keep your goddamn hands in your pockets without pulling out some money. Help the guy out. Help the family out. Do something good. You, you, you won't believe how good you will feel when you do something nice like this. You just won't. It's a great gesture. It's a great thing to do. So, uh, but I, I have great respect for him as a, as a ball player. You know, he, was he the second coming of Kurt Angle or Luthez or Stone Cold or Rock? No. But that's not what he was booked for. He was booked to be himself, and he did a damn good job of being himself. So uh, I have a lot of respect for him, and even though he's a Longhorn. You know, Longhorn is a steer. Steers ain't got no balls. <laughs> Not nary a one. But uh, he had plenty of balls, and he still got them, and I, I, I'm glad we're here. I'm going to stop now before I go to fucking jail. We're happy to report he does still have his balls, and we uh, <laughs> hope that you guys will make a donation over at moneyformongo.com. Listen, man, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to just do me a favor and run on over to savewithconrad.com. Get yourself a quick quote. My man, Andy M just left us a five-star review over at conradreviews.com. And he had this to say, the effort and communication from Josh was above and beyond. We ran into several unexpected hiccups along the way, but Josh kept us informed and kept looking for options to get things done. In the end, we were still able to refinance to a 15 year loan, or we're going to be able to pay it off in 10. And we took enough cash out to pay off our credit cards, my truck loan, and even buy my wife, her very first new vehicle. We're going to save over $500 a month from what we would have been paying without the refinance. We can't thank everyone enough. Now guys, that right there is a win, win, win situation. Let me explain over the last couple of years, your house is probably worth more than ever. Now, what you do with that equity is up to you. And what I'm going to recommend is we do what our man Andy did. Andy took himself from a 30 year loan down to 15 years, but he's planning to pay it off in 10. Now, how can he afford to do that? We got rid of all his credit card debt, just like that. We got rid of his truck loan and we even got him enough cash to get his wife a new vehicle. The result, cheaper monthly payments. How does that happen? How do you get a new car, pay off a truck and get rid of your credit cards and cut years off your loan? You go to savewithconrad.com. We're going to get you cheaper monthly payments. And how's this for starters? no house payments for the next two months. That's right. You can skip your next two payments. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And buddy, if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. And here's the best part. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how now, I don't care if you relate here or there. Maybe you had a bankruptcy back in the day. Maybe you were late on a credit card. We're going to help you figure out how to get in the situation that your family needs now and long-term. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life at savewithconrad.com. We were talking about the Bears earlier, and I know you're... Wait, Conrad, you're not going to segue 
give handoff Mick to, so Mick, what do you have to say about balls? <laughs> Testicular fortitude, baby. Uh, you, uh, you're a big football fan, and I don't know that everybody knows that, but your longtime team, for as long as you've been a fan, was the Bears, right? Yeah, I would be what you call a long-suffering Bears fan uh, because I came up in 1970 with a, a photo, of a poster of Dick Butkus. Number 51. Number 51 over my bed. And in the strangest coincidence, uh, years go by and my brother's brother-in-law ends up teaching Dick Butkus's granddaughter uh, on a soccer coach and says, you know, Mick, I think I can get that... Uh, poster signed for you this is this is 30 years later right and two years go by i don't hear a thing until dick butkus and i are simultaneously doing a signing at a, a northern indiana uh hospital groundbreaking ceremony i said uh, mr butkus this might sound strange but my brother's brother-in-law he goes you the guy with the poster I said, yes, I am. He goes, I've got that in my, the trunk of my car. And he took it out, and he signed it, and it's in a place of honor. Um, so, yeah, I love the Bears. And uh, I remember, uh, I just, I've only, I'd only met Mongo one other time. It was a TNA show in Chicago. But Misty put me on Facebook with him. And the first way you can cut through the chase and say, it's one thing to say you're a Bears fan, and another thing, another thing to say, I subscribed to Doug Buffon's Chicago Bears report, which was like the kayfabe sheet of Chicago Bears fans. Uh, but like Conrad said, this ALS, it is a devastating disease. And uh, unlike everyone else up here, I did not know Mongo on a personal level. But what struck me uh, in that announcement he made uh, three years ago was his sense of humor, his determination to fight, and third, how often he mentioned his wrestling career. Like, he mentioned his wrestling career as much, if not more, than his days as a Chicago Bear. And so I'm, I'm so proud when I told Conrad I want to be part of this, and I was just a few hours away. I'm so proud to be up here with people who did know him better and loved him so much. And I'm telling you, there's strength in numbers. Even if it's $5, $1, $10, that stuff adds up. And if we have some heavy hitters out there, obviously, that adds up as well, but uh, we're all in this thing together. I really believe uh, we have to look out for each other in this crazy business. That one of our guys um, is hurting, we uh, should uh, try to lift them up, and I think that's what this whole uh, afternoon is about. So if you're out there and if you have the means, uh, please support this great cause. And if you don't, get the word out so that others might. So thanks for having me here. There you go, Well said. Moneyformongo.com is where you can make a donation. Again, 100% goes directly to Mongo's family. And uh, Eric, I'm curious, how did you have the bright idea to get Mongo involved in wrestling, or how does that come to be? Look, with, with Nitro, we wanted it to be bigger. We wanted to appeal to as broad of an audience as we could. And I can't remember to this day, and I was thinking about this uh, on the way here, I don't know how I first made contact with Mongo. I don't know if he reached out to me... If I reached out to him, because I asked him that, I was fascinated. Uh, there's a whole, my father and grandfather. I don't he, care about any of that. I know, the they point. didn't like the Bears. Harvey Schiller. Harvey Schiller. Harvey Schiller did. The connection. I asked Mongo, like, what was the initial connection? Somehow he had a connection with Schiller, and I think Schiller contacted you. At least that makes sense, and I love that. And I, I remember when I met um, Mongo for the very first time. It was down in Orlando. 
we set that meeting up down there, and I just, you know, I was, I lived in Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, you know, Chicago Bears, the 80s, kind of a big, so I was well aware of who Steve was. And, you know, a little intimidated, a little over-impressed, got to admit it, and I sat down with him over lunch, and Steve was one of those guys that you could sit down with for about a minute and a half and feel like you've known him for 20 years. He was just that guy. And he had so much charisma and such a big personality, and Tony's right, he wasn't polished. He hadn't had a lot of broadcasting experience. He was a wrestling fan, but he wasn't like a wrestling, walking, talking encyclopedia, right? He just was a fan, and he loved it. And he loved it so much, and he had such a big personality and such a great sense of humor, that it didn't matter. It really didn't matter. And the other thing, I won't go into the weeds, I promise. But Nitro worked because it was live TV. Live, t- live TV, in my opinion, works because it's not quite so perfect. And every once in a while, a Mongo boss was like the funnest part of the show. <laughs> you know, it's like a highlight reel. Love you, Mongo. Please, if you're out there watching, give a hand. Support a good guy. So, um, t- 2012. Um, I take my son to Japan. Um, this is the year before he passed away, and Lawrence Taylor and, uh, invited me to his birthday, or whatever it was, in Las Vegas. So Mongo was in town. So they had just remodeled the Gold Nugget, which was an old-time hotel there. They put millions into it, the big Shark Tank and all that. <laughs> and I, I hadn't been around Steve, you know, maybe for a couple of years, you forget. <laughs> He comes through the door with Lawrence Taylor, and, and I mean, you, you, you can't get mad, but man, my, I mean, he's one of the only guys here get away with talking to him, like, hey, everybody, nobody's safe. Hey, motherfucker, <laughs> and you, who are you, honey? Nice to meet you. I'm Mongo McMichael. I mean, this is Lawrence Taylor. We're going up to some club. I've had a lot of fun in my life, as we're well aware. We don't go over any of that. Decades of it, but that night with Lawrence Taylor and Steve in Las Vegas may be the most memorable night of my life. I know the LT got divorced a week later, so <laughs> <laughs> Mongo, he can get away with being loud. He came to a Christmas party I had when I was in the gold gym business. He came to, came to Charlotte, just stayed it for a week. <laughs> he came downstairs, I had like 300 guests at this when I used to have the gold gym all over the state of North Carolina. And he came downstairs with a Santa Claus hat on and a, a Santa Claus jacket on and uh, carrying a bottle of Jack Daniels and drink, smoking a cigar. He looked like the guy from, looked like Dan Eckert in Trading Places <laughs> without the salmon hanging out of the table. And, and bankers, lawyers, he's going, ah, 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 ah. I mean, they go, Mongo, please. They, ah, they don't care. They love this shit. Don't they care? <laughs> I go, we'll find out. <laughs> There's no time to go to bed. You don't go to bed. I'm telling you, Eric will tell us. Mongo and Scott Hall would go to the Nitro, right? Yep. And nobody, could, nobody heard from them until Thunder. <laughs> Both of them, MIA. No, that you're right. No, yeah. I know I'm right. Yeah, you do. I know I'm right. No. Yeah. Well, and, you're and by age, the way, right. and yes. by the okay. way, when they got there, I don't know if they remember the name. I don't remember if they left. If they remember leaving or arriving at Thunder. <laughs> Scott used to ride Mongo so hard. I used to think to myself, Mongo, why don't you just beat the 
It's such an easy deal in my oh, okay. I like this kid, you know. It's got a good no, sound to it. No, but you know, remember that? Scott would ride his ass every bar I go. And then they'd end up kissing each other going out all night long and never, to never return sometimes. 48 hours, where's Mongo? I don't know. Eric, have you seen him? Eric, have you seen Mongo? Nope. <laughs> Kevin, have you seen Scott? No. One night we were, because often we'd go to Nitro, and if we were close enough to the hotel, by the time we got back from doing the show live, the replay was on. So we'd all sit around and watch the replay of Nitro after the fact at the hotel bar. We had a blast. But Scott Hall just loved to push Mongo's yeah. buttons. Yeah. And Mongo would get hot occasionally. He would get a little hot. One night we sat up till, I don't know, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. I had an early flight. I finally get myself to bed, lay down. I hear boom, 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 boom on my door. I go, what the hell is that? Bishop, open up! Fuck. Now what? You know, because in the position I was in, you're kind of herding squirrels most of the time anyway, you know, just putting it mildly. <laughs> and I looked out the little peephole, and there's Mongo standing there with a Smith & Wesson with about a 44 Magnum with an 8-inch barrel, and I'm thinking, shit. <laughs> There's no way this ends up good. <laughs> but it did. I opened the door because I was pretty sure he wasn't going to shoot me. He wasn't mad at me. I don't know who he was mad at, but he wasn't mad at me. So I opened up the door. I said, Mongo goes, here, kid, you need this more than I do. Turned around and walked away. <laughs> it's in my safe. <laughs> Thanks, Mongo. <laughs> there, is a, there, is a, there is a term that, that is used that I always equate with Mongo. And she's on scholarship, right? Because he would always say, that girl, I'd like to put her on scholarship, yeah, right? Thank you. You're right. Yeah, great line. Right. It was a, it was yeah. a great line. It was a great line. The last time I saw Mongo was one of the Stark... Uh, Star- Starcast right here in this building. Yeah. Right here in this building. And I went down to see him because he was signing autographs. And I walked down and he hit me with that line. I went up to him. I shook my hand. And I said, Mongo Tony Schiavone. And he said, hey, I know who you are. And I'm thinking, of, of course he does, because unlike everybody here on the, on the dais, I haven't aged. And, uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> use, use promo code WHW at JustForMan.com. <laughs> thank you very much. Yes, thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Jimmy. Thank you very much. It's very soft, too. Um, and the first thing he said to me, he said, see a girl right there, what? He said, I wish she was on scholarship. And I'm thinking, yes! You it. said it again. I love that term. It's I the best, it. man. It's a, good, it's a good terminology. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've had four that are still on full scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything's a private joke hitting at me, right? First it's life insurance, now it's a scholarship. <laughs> on, the, on the Bobby Bonilla plan, right? <laughs> I know. For Bobby Bonilla of the Mets, still, there, still paying all his contract 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. right? Contract players. Right. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm over all that now. Finally. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Chicago was a big part of WCW, some of the biggest moments in Nitro history, pay-per-view history. Not just Mongo, but you had Dennis Rodman as well. Uh, A lot of great moments here in WCW. What sticks out the most about Chicago to you? 
pizza, first of all. But um, I've often said, and I haven't spent as much time traveling as a lot of the people on, uh, on this stage have. Um, but I've, I noticed right away that every market had its own personality. Philly was just a little different than New York, and New York's a little different than Chicago and all the way down the line. There was something about Chicago fans that made me feel at home. And I, I just I connected differently. And maybe it's because I grew up in Detroit. I think Detroit fans, Chicago fans are pretty close. But it's just the way you embrace your sports, the way you embrace the Bears, the way you embrace Mongo, the other sports teams here in Chicago. You guys are really loyal fans. And once WCW kind of got in the game and got pretty popular, coming to Chicago was really fun for me because I felt like, even though I wasn't from here, I felt like I was going home, if that makes sense. And, it just, and it's because of you all. You, 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 Chicago has great fans. It's a great city for sports. Tony, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, when uh, Nitro is in its heyday, you've got, you start with Mongo, later we would see other athletes involved in wrestling. Of course, the other channel would have Mike Tyson, but you guys had Dennis Rodman. Can you sort of describe what Dennis Rodman was to the pop culture in that era? Well, Dennis Rodman was on the greatest basketball teams of all time. And there's a story out there that, and Eric, you can probably speak on this, didn't he show up to a Nitro event when he was supposed to be practicing with a team during the playoffs or something like that? I mean, he was his own man. He still is. And he still I is. Absolutely. Saw. Right. And he had a presence about him. I, I, listen, I was readily go up to Mongo and talk to him and meet him, but Rodman, to me, was like... God, Tony, let's get right through it. He, he cheated on Madonna. <laughs> he was living with Madonna. It says it all. Right. And every time I see him, I said, how do you screw that deal up? She's worth $800 million. Right. <laughs> After paying off two of the other guys, $300 million. How do you screw up on Madonna? I don't know. I, I, maybe she wasn't that good. <laughs> oh. Could be. She, you never she know. Can't handle, uh, she can't hold a candle to Lois, Shivani. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and he walks in the ocean center with Carmen Electra. I damn near died. That's right. Holy crap. I can tell you a story about Carbon Electra. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what they're doing right now with, with Dennis? The, that thing, that uh, last dance with, with Michael that was produced by ESPN last right. year, they're taking a whole new segment and shooting uh, a special on going to get Rodman in, in Las Vegas. Right. Uh, when they went to get him to bring him back. Right. So he's getting another payday for that. God bless him. Yeah. But he, he's the greatest rebound in the history of basketball. Oh, yeah. Greatest rebounder in the history of basketball. Yeah, and, and he, he also was in some of our biggest events. I mean, he really, really was. If you, if you think about what Dennis Rodman was a part of and how he was tied to WCW, and it, was a, it was a big time for us. I mean, that, to me, uh, what we did in WCW was unprecedented. Did you get a Eric, raise? I didn't, I didn't ask for a raise. So you didn't want the more money? No, I was comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we do want more money over okay. at uh, moneyformongo.com. Make a donation. Tony doesn't want it, but okay. uh, the Michael family no. could use it right now. Yeah, but, but really, Mongo, Dennis Rodman, uh, the thing that you did on The Tonight Show with uh, Jay Leno, those were things that back 
when Jim and I started in WCW back in the 90s. We had David Allen Coe. We had David Allen Coe, yes, right. <laughs> exactly. And we had, we had Dave Casper, the tight end. We had, we had Waylon Jennings, too. Yeah, Come on. right. Wasn't just David oh. Allen Coe. We had George Jones. Yes, right. Cro- but, no, Crockett's. Right, with the Crockett's. But that's just stuff that we, we dreamt about and, and wanted to get. And uh, I remember one time, the, uh, the Eagles head coach back at that time was, we were at the Philadelphia Civic Center, and I can't remember what Dick he's Dick Vermeil. No, it was, it was the other I'm sorry. It may have been Vermeil. And someone said, he's here. Get the camera on him. My God, he's here. And, you know, th- and that's the way it was back then. But then as we progressed with Rodman and, and Mongo and get, bringing the stars in, it was fashionable to become a part of WCW. So I saw WCW grow, obviously under Eric's guidance, but we became mainstream and it was a big deal and I, and I really think that that Mongo being with the Bears and of course Rodman with the Bulls I think that was all a part of building that up I think it's a big part of it yeah a, a major part of it right of course we're all here in a, in a pretty interesting time in professional wrestling today JR you know not too long ago it felt like it was hard to imagine a wrestling world without Vince McMahon Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon oh, yeah. he used to so promote Sandy. wrestling I got it. I got a kid. I know what I'm about to microphone. I, I have to go, Jim. Would you? Uh, yeah, I take care of it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Good That's talking like, to you. Round of applause for Tony Schiavone, ladies and gentlemen. Where are you going? Tony says. Where are you going? Wearing Andre's old jumpsuit today. <laughs> I uh, I got a text from Tony Khan. I got a room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Sting. Get him, Tony. <laughs> How can you contend with this? <laughs> what am I looking at? Okay, sir. It looks like a, what did you say one time? It looked like a, a button on a fur coat. See you, Tony. Wow. How do you know? Is that wishful thinking on your part, honey? Uh, what did you ask you, Conrad? Well, I wanted to get your take on uh, Vince McMahon. No longer. Well, he'll never be replaced. He's a. He's a. He will always be at the top of the mountain. Look what he built, and he, and he built it from shit. You know those little arenas and smoky this and had to deal with commissions and all that stuff. He's a, he's an amazing human being, and yes, because you got to work this in. He's fired me three or four times. I don't give a shit. When he found out I didn't give a shit, it made it more fun for him. And he just kept firing me, but here's the good the news. He hired me back. He never hired me back for less money than I was making before I exited. So he's, a, he's always been fair to me in that respect. Have we always agreed philosophically on how to present pro wrestling? No. Because I'm a pro wrestling guy, not a sports entertainment guy. I don't even know what that really means. I just said it to the hell of it, so make make a click. <laughs> Really important to get clicks these days, you know. It's very, it's essential in your livelihood, in your life. What? You're talking too much, honey. See, this show's about us. And Mongo. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding you. Don't worry about it. Moneyformongo.com is where we do want you to send some well, I'm to, Conrad. God damn it. I can't just do everything. I'm, I'm just one man here. I can't do everything. 
Shivani bolted. He did. Uh, where did the big, going? He didn't go to some big with Tony Khan. Uh, Tony Khan's uh, not uh, even up. And the Vince McMahon thing. Um, he, wrestling, he meant everything to it. It meant everything to him, and he made here's the he made a lot of people rich. I don't care what you guys hear, don't believe, or don't know, or hear about how bad the royalties are and that. There are so many guys luckier than shit to have made the money they've made. Yep. To have made them the money they made for doing so little. All because of him. If they had done what I did in the 70s and the guys, not just me, that whole era, 60s and all that, $15, 50 bucks a night, 300 fucking miles every night, you have no idea. They, they couldn't do it, they wouldn't do it. Who would? Not today's millennial no, generation. No, but he, 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 his dad, before him and him, and he just had the, he had the, it's only the balls to say, guys, we can either get bigger and compete with everybody or we can stay separate. And it, it wasn't the downfall to other people. It was just, they didn't have the, the vision that he has. And look where it is now. The company, I mean, it, it can't run by itself. And I'm sure Stephanie Hunter will do a good job. But it's his, it'll always be. Vince McMahon's company, in my opinion. It's Vince McMahon's world. Yeah. Look yes. at pro wrestling. Yeah. We can de 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 uh, denigrate anybody that we choose to, in this, certainly in this form. But the issue is, is that McMahon's legacy and his image will never be replicated. Period. Well, I didn't like that finish in 1973, and uh, I don't know. I, you know, take it easy. It's fucking fiction. Easy. Easy. And he's the most powerful man that this business has ever known. He's the most powerful man this business will ever know. And those of you that don't like Vince because of a finish or an angle or he didn't give so-and-so his break, uh, get over it. Get over it. We wouldn't be here today in some shape, form, or fashion if it wasn't for guys like Vince McMahon and, uh, and the passion of a guy like Mongo McMichael. They had something in common. They both believed in their mission. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of McMahon's and I'm a big fan of Mongo's. I love Mongo. That's a great analogy. That's pretty, pretty nice. Thank you. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> I'm still in the business, Nate, but I never was a horseman, like Jarrett claims to be. What the fuck's that story about? I didn't know Jeff was a horseman. Oh, well, where'd that come from? <laughs> he, 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 he's at the J.W. Marriott, baby. Uh, the Renaissance. <laughs> oh, he corrects it. Uh, <laughs> Mick, I'm curious. You know, Where did you move to? Uh, what hotel? Renaissance. Oh, Renaissance, okay. I think it is. I don't know I'll where it is. I'll find you. I'll look it up. Don't give your room number. Uh -oh. I'm not Conrad. Don't worry. You're not the only smart fucking guy in the building. <laughs> Mr. Podcast. Mr. I created everything. And I get first count of all the money. So there. Moneyformongo.com. Mick, uh, it's an interesting time to be a WWE fan. You, uh, you tune in, and the shows start to look and feel a little different. What do you think of what uh, Hunter's done so far? Yeah. Um, man, I give him an A. I do. We said this on the podcast. You know, time will tell whether he gets that plus at the end of the A. But, uh, it, and I pointed out also that in uh, Jeff's dad's territory, 
as just a matter of course, Booker's changed every six months because it was seen like you wanted fresh eyes on the product. And I think that's good. And I think, uh, you know, there was a lot of frustration with the way Vince did things. I know my son was part of creative for six and a half years. And I think Road Dog quit specifically because he couldn't take the marker through the, the that's through the, through the uh, program, you know, two hours. How many times did you see Vince put a Sharpie through the through the program an, an hour or two before uh, the show began. And that was the way he worked best, you know. So we didn't even have a format. We'll, yeah. we'll catch up with you. So we'll give you a page and yeah. a time on live television. When I was the, the commissioner, and we would begin with those 20-minute uh, uh, segments with a cast of a dozen or so. I remember my mom saying to me, how many days in advance do you find out what you're going to say? And I said, days? <laughs> and she said, how many hours? And I said, Hours? She said, well, when do you get it? I said, Mom, sometimes the pyro is going off and you're back there and Vince runs up to me and goes, oh, Nick, when you're out there, don't forget to call Stephanie a bottom-feeding trash bag. Hope I got... <laughs> I said, that, that's your daughter. And he leans in and he goes, there's nothing I wouldn't do to get a pop in this business. Uh, he, he, that's the way he loved flying by the seat of his pants. But I think, you know, fresh eyeballs. Uh, Hunter's got some great ideas. Always had the utmost respect for Stephanie. And I think, I think they're doing a good job. I was just never a fan of beating someone in their own town on principle or embarrassing them in their hometown. So it's like, couldn't we just try slipping Charlotte over in Charlotte, you know? Couldn't we try having Sasha get the win in Boston? So I, I just think that a change is good. I, I owe so much of my life to, to Mr. McMahon. I'm worried about him. I think JR and I had talked about the fact that business was his life. I never, he doesn't have a hobby. He does have his grandchildren. But I'm worried about him as a guy who really uh, looks up to him and loves him. Uh, I'm, wor- I'm, I'm worried about him. But he did an amazing job and business changed you. the business forever. When, it, when, it's, when it's your life, trust me, I'm, I, it's my life too. I, I, I don't know why, but I, I can't ever get, get over it. So and I can imagine dude, he put a lot more time into it than I did. But it's 50 years this year for me, and I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it as much, and I just watched the last match again, and shit, I'm already trying to figure out how to do my last tag match. <laughs> me, me, me and my daughter against Jeff. There you go. Hey, the last tag match. Can I tell a little story about your last match, Greg? Please, please. So, obviously, I'm really excited to be there. And uh, the uh, you guys, Conrad's guys, come up to me with about a minute in advance and says, hey, do you mind saying something? And fortunately, I had my youngest son, Huey, who was sitting on my left. And he had just whispered in my ear like 30 seconds before that. He goes, Dad, this is better than SummerSlam. So, you know, and part of what he meant is we're right up there. We're so close to things. And I, so I have Huey to my left, and there are three seats that say MC plus two. And it did not dawn on me until I was told that The Undertaker was arriving, that MC was Mark Calloway. So very quickly, I go, Huey, can you move to the other side of me? He goes, why? I said, I want to sit next to The Undertaker. (laughs) And so, 
we're having this amazing yeah, time. Yeah. Who are you, right? <laughs> always is. I see a Bret Hart at the end of the show, and I didn't even know Bret was there. He's down about four, four seats on the aisle. He's sitting next to your dad, and so I go, Bret, and he thinks I'm waving to him. And uh, he waves to me, I go, oh, come on over here. And he comes over to his wife, Vanessa. I said, you need to be here because I was hoping that that would be the photo that was taken. And, uh, I, and I talked to Jeff about this last night. I said, man, I've been around a long time. I said, even when I'm fortunate enough to have been in jail, you can speak to this. Usually, unless it's uh, SummerSlam or WrestleMania, if you're in the main event, by the time you walk through that curtain, the back is being broken down. Most of the guys have left the second the final bell leaves, and you are all alone. You're with your partner, and then you're gonna watch the show to the next day in catering. I can count on probably two hands the number of times I've seen the type of joy that was backstage following Rick's last match. People did not want to leave because they wanted to hang on to the way they felt. And I'm getting goosebumps as as I talk about it, but it was really, I mean, I'm going to use the word beautiful because that's the way it felt to me. It was a beautiful scene, uh, and I'm so glad that I was part of it. So thank you, Rick, for for having me there as your guest. Appreciate that. Thank you. I, I'm going to take credit for one thing in Mick's career. I taught him how to work through the break. <laughs> he said, why are we doing it? We're on the, we're not, <laughs> you tell the story. It's better than me. What, what's the story? What, working through the break. Oh, yeah, working through the break. Jeez. <laughs> you know, he, he goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm working so, with you. Yeah, uh, Rick and I have a match. Final match, as far as I'm concerned, of my career, October 2010. I did come back, and I was part of the Rumble in 2012. It was 2016. Uh, I don't count it as a match if you're on the no-touch list and your opponents are not allowed to touch you. That's not a match. So Rick and I have that match. He throws me off the, uh, the ramp, and through no fault of his own, I overshoot it a little bit. And I land really hard. It rattled my brain to the point where I could not get out of bed to go to my book signing the next day. And, I, you know, I take the most pride in getting out there and doing the things I'm booked for. I say, I, I can't move. I cannot, I cannot physically get out of bed. So I take this big bump, and we go to break. And at least in my head, I'm like, oh, I can rest. And all of a sudden, I feel, boom, boom, Rick, what are you doing? He goes, we always work for the break, you know? <laughs> I was like, no, this is where you grab a weird chin lock. Not today, brother. Not today. <laughs> I had no idea. And it was a hell of a match. It was a hell of a match. If you go back and watch it, I remember it was getting a lot of accolades. And I thought, well, you know, basic brawl. But here's the deal. Every single thing we did looked good and was delivered with great, you know, great or bad intentions, depending on how you look at it. And man, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, Rick, even, but... Even an average match can be good if you got a blade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear by that. Uh, but this was... This was I can't really, work without one. <laughs> but it was really good, and I felt, and still feel really fortunate that you were the guy in there with that last match. Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you. And while I just had this idea, I'm flying home to see my mom. That's where my Dick Butkus poster is. It's framed. It's mounted. It's big because it was a 24 by 36 inch poster anyway. And Dick put it in really bold uh, Sharpie. And it's been in storage for several years. Um, and I'd like to auction it uh, for, for uh, money for Mongo. So we will figure out how to do that, right? Uh, maybe the next podcast, but that feels like the right thing to do. 
So we'll find out a way because that it doesn't belong in storage. It belongs on the wall of a really big Bears fan. It's got some history in that it hung on my over my bed for over 30 years, and now it's signed by the man himself. And I think we could help raise some money through that poster. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Right on. You know, I was sitting here thinking, I was looking down at JR, and JR said this line uh, several years ago to me. He said that the talent in the ring uh, basically writes, uh, plays the music, and JR commentates, and he writes the lyrics. And I think that's very appropriate. But I was sitting here thinking about, we were talking about, we, we left out Carl uh, Malone, basketball player, Rodman. Uh, as of late, they had Shaq wrestle. Uh, just pop culture one after another after another uh but over the last 90 days being in a part of rick's last match people would come up to me all over the place and it's like they asked me rick's doing this and i said rick's hotter today from a marketing standpoint than he's ever been he's a pop culture icon and the reason i'm sort of tying this all together is and we gave uh as you guys say gave vince his flowers uh, because of what he created. But at the end of the day, and this is where I challenge, uh, you can be a Bear fan, you can be a Mongo fan, you can be a podcast fan, an AEW fan, a WWE fan. At the end of the day, what has driven my family since 1946 is this industry. In this room and in on this ring, we're all, at the very core, a huge fan of professional wrestling. There's nothing like it. Are we sport? No. Are we all entertainment? No. We are that hybrid, even if you're a fan or a performer or an announcer or an executive, whatever it is, in our DNA is something special and something unique. And look, the miles and the money and all that rolled into one, we all have one thing in common, and we love this industry. And we have one of our own that's that's down and Mongo loved this business and we've talked about that for a while as well but I really challenge you a dollar five dollars ten dollars money from Mongo if you're a wrestling fan and love the industry I just challenge you hit that donate and money for Mongo.com Jim, it's a big weekend. We're in Chicago this weekend for AEW All Out. Of course, there's already been two live TV shows in the can. We had Dynamite and Rampage. What do you expect this uh, Sunday as we're talking tomorrow on pay-per-view? 15 big matches. What do you expect? 15 matches. I I think counting the pre-show, there's a 15-match total. Can you guys hear me? Uh, Well, I think it's going to be very unpredictable because I don't know how you book this card. I don't know how you have a match on Wednesday and uh, your, your champion gets his ass whipped like a government mule, and then you expect to return it Sunday. Why do I need to return? You just got your ass whipped. So there's logical things we have to address, uh, quite frankly. I think it's going to be a very challenging show for Tony Khan to book, uh, but it's loaded. It's loaded. My biggest concern is the fact that I will definitely be wearing darks because a brother's got a piss. A brother's got a piss, Nate. And sitting out there uh, with our group uh, as it is that many hours, this is going to be a five-hour show. I'm not in favor of any five-hour show. It's just too long. Our attention spans are not going to maintain what it needs to need to be. But I, I'm 
it's a chance for a lot of talents to clear the deck and make a name for themselves. I say that at every pay-per-view. It's not a normal course of business to me. It never will be, it never has been. And I hope that some of these young kids realize that you may be on the second match or the third match, I only got eight minutes or I only got 12 minutes or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, go out there and do your best and get over and, and make yourself famous. That's what you do. I think I said that one time with Jeff Hardy and uh, Undertaker. Climb the ladder, kid, and make yourself famous. I meant every word I said. And the same thing on Sunday night. I believe that some of these guys are going to be able to prove themselves and to their families and their friends and their peers that uh, I got it. I got this. Let's hope that they're right. But I think Conrad's going to be a very unpredictable show. It, it's funny when you've been around as long as I have in that regard and you can't figure out a finish. I love that. I love that. And nor do I want to know any finishes. Why do I need to know the outcome of the presentation? Only from my ego. And that's it. So I don't need to know. Yeah, the, the main event is Moxley and CM Punk. Yeah, in a rematch for the world title. I, I'm curious, Mick, there's another match on there that stands out, and you've got a lot of history with one of these folks. We've got Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho on pay-per-view. Could be match of the year, Conrad. Could be match of the year because two old veterans who love their profession and they love where they've, uh, uh, what they've accomplished thus far. You don't have two physical giants and all that other horseshit, and all the measurables. Uh, I think Jericho and, uh, uh, and will have a chance, to, he and Danielson, to have the match of the night. How do they not have an opportunity for the match of the night? I think this is going to be one of the strongest wrestling pay-per-views that we've ever produced. And I, I really believe that. And it's been a really, you know, Controversy follows pro wrestling. Is following it now. That's cool. So uh, I'm interrupting your answer, Mick. I'm sorry. I've done that a lot in our career. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to know, Mick. You know, you've been able to see what Jericho's done. Man, he has just continually changed his character. It feels like every time you think, "Well, that's got to be it for Chris Jericho," he comes up with something new. Yeah, he never rides one train too long. Like he could have. Like you just made the list. <laughs> he could still be doing that right now. <laughs> Yeah, he had five or six things going at all times. Something on the back burner, move something up to the front. Even if, like, you know, the it, it, the memory was doing it, like, that didn't work for me, but at least he tried it. And then he would be on to something else. So he's constantly tweaking his image, uh, managed to be, stay, not just stay relevant, but be uh, arguably a bigger star now than he was, than he's ever been. And uh, Danielson, I'm just so happy for him because he loves wrestling. And, he didn't, you know, he wasn't willingly, he didn't leave willingly, you know, uh, and I guess he's found a way to regain that health and he's passed everything he's needed to pass. I just tell, you know, JR mentioned five hours, that's a long time. I remember when I was Raw GM sitting with Stephanie and uh, Rollins and uh, uh, Fergal Devitt were having a heck of a match and the crowd just started chanting, this belt stupid. And it was just a sense that they needed a break after three and a half hours. So I would, I, I, I've said that uh, there's an element of magic that's either in that arena or it's not. And it's that element of magic that takes a good match and makes it into a great match or, or a blade. 
Um, <laughs> but without that element of magic, it's really difficult to take a great match and make it a classic that stands the test of time. And it becomes really difficult to have that classic at hour five, which is why the WWE manias have been so much better divided into two nights. So I think... Imagine what you're following. Everything. Like, everything, right? And everything. I, I, a couple of years ago, um, I was watching the show, and it was a well-booked mania. And I just found myself going, oh, I forgot about this match. Like, oh, I dread the fact that I have to watch six more matches to get to the main event, no matter how well it had been booked. So I think whether or not they steal the show is in part where they're booked on the car. This weekend is a big weekend for WWE too, Eric. They're, uh, they're doing the Castle Show over in Cardiff, and, and a lot of people feel like this is going to be Drew McIntyre's night, uh, or afternoon, I guess maybe. Uh, right now, it's happening right now. Roman Reigns has been the champ for two years. If you were booking it, Eric, what would you do? I'd resist the temptation to book for the local market. As cool as it is, it would be for Drew, and there would be a lot of fans that would get really excited about that because it was in his hometown. You got the rest of the world to worry about. Unless that was the plan a year ago, if they've been building to this and this is the plan and they know where they're going after this, kind of doubt it. But if they do, that's great. You got to keep rolling yeah. in that spot, hoping that Rock shows up. That's right. Rock. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anything that I, takes I totally, away. I totally agree with that thought process. Anything that takes away from the potential of Rock and Romans, Romans. And that sounds like. I mean, yeah. you know, you you just hear little bits and booked. pieces, but it sounds like they're if, leading if that that's way. the game plan. I'd love yeah. it to happen. Hey, I suggested something on uh, our podcast. You know, we do have a podcast, Conrad and I, when he shows up. <laughs> I can't help the records we're setting. It's not my fault. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know where the fuck I was. I just lost my train of thought. You mentioned something about Rock and Roman, maybe? Oh, yeah. I think uh, Rock and Roman would be a, obviously an amazing attraction. And no, there's, there doesn't need to be a title involved. It's two stars. Stars. But, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking the way to get Rock on WrestleMania is having, having in a mixed tag with his daughter. Uh, in, a, in a tag match. Why wouldn't that work? You high? Huh? <laughs> oh, I'm getting ready to get high. I, I, I will tell you something. How much longer is this going to last? I'm just curious. I, I think uh, Mick knows this. Jeff and I both, I know that when you've had as long off period, I don't care what, what, what is the rock now, 45? 50. 50, okay, to turn 50. Okay, so he hasn't wrestled in, what, 10 years? Since John Cena, right? Four or five. It's been a while. Yeah. Four or five years. Okay, well, maybe. Whatever. I, well, whatever the point is, <laughs> is, it's really hard. Big difference, he looks like a million dollars. Unbelievable physique, always has, but it's so hard to get in wrestling shape, trust me. Well, he's going to work with his daughter. Yeah, what's that? He, he worked at a mixed tag with his daughter. He did? No, I'm, no, I'm I mean, I mean if, I'm being hypothetical. If we were to wrestle Roman, who has been well, that's the hit. That's the hit. Yeah, if, if that takes place, that it's hard to get in that wrestling condition, and he needs to start. Yeah, you know, with you. yeah, it's it's a whole different the physical aspect and the cosmetic and all that. But he's such a competitive guy; he'll want to be, you he, want to be Roman's equal, in in, in terms of 
just like we all we all try to be hold our end up. Does that make sense? I wrestled Sean and Sean carried me for 30 minutes. I don't care what anybody says. I'm telling you, at WrestleMania, whatever people thought of the match, Sean carried me. I was 59 years old. Yeah, was I in good shape? Yeah, but I could not go. If, and I couldn't, I couldn't hang with Shawn Michaels. I probably couldn't have hung with him in my prime. But um, it, it, it's harder, and each day you're away from it, to get in wrestling shape. Where you're here, good here, and he'll, he's so competitive, he'll want to be Roman's equal. And but it's five months away, six months away, no, eight months away. You need to start. You know, they need to get that figured out by December, I would think, and to get to work on it. Here's one of the things I love. There's six of us up here, and there is, uh, you know, Santa Claus isn't real, and professional wrestling is scripted, what? and everything that goes with that. But we're sitting here just. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm Santa Claus. Nah, my bad. My bad. My bad. Nick, apologies. Apologies. So the Easter Bunny. But anyway, here's sexes up here. We got some time in the industry, and we're talking about. Will Drew beat Roman? Will Mox and Punk, what's the finish? Danielson and Jericho. We're all still the biggest fans in the world. And when you, yeah, I mean, it, 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 we're up here debating it and all this. I, I think I'm going to go on the side of, I think, not because of the hometown, although it's going to be a very legendary beauty shot. But Drew winning there sets up future business. But they hadn't had a touring champion because it's been with Brock and Roman for two years. And so, for business sake, get it on, guys. JR's booked more shows than anybody in this uh, banner. You want your champion out touring. So, I think for the industry, and they do 20, 30 shows a month non-televised. So, get the champion out there touring. But my personal opinion, Rock versus Roman does the belt make two shits who in drawing money? I don't think at all. It gives an opportunity to have that title match on somebody else and put Rock and Roman up top because, Rick, I know it takes a while to get in, but I don't think they're coming to watch The Rock do Hurricane Rana's and five-star matches. They're coming to watch no, him no, drop the no, elbow what and I, what, I, what I'm saying is at 50, he'll want to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. And I'll tell you, with social media the way it is today, if if Roman's not the champion, it won't be the same. I disagree. Rome, I mean, it's, 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 I, the flagship match, I don't care. People have always tried to put the title. I've seen so many different times in a different scenario, like before the bunkhouse stampede. Or, I mean, I've seen it. The championship match has got the Roman, I think, to be as pure and have to be the showcase something different. He, Roman's got to be a champion because the minute if Roman loses along the way in social media, it diminishes. I mean, it's, it is for the world we live in. You know, people... people I love the debate. Yeah. Selfie. It is just a debate, but I, I agree with you personality-wise. They don't need the belt, but I think for business, you know, it just makes it a bigger bigger event for the world's title. Nothing, there's nothing bigger than Jim Ross saying or Tony Schiavone or anybody... Ladies and gentlemen, this is for the World Heavyweight Championship. You know what's really cool is you guys just got to experience what it would be like to sit down in a booking meeting when people are saying, 
Like, no, but seriously, you get to hear how Ric Flair's mind works creatively, how he would build based on his 50, 50 years, years later this month in the business. You just got a master class. Jeff Jarrett, we, we didn't always and probably still don't see eye to eye creatively on a lot of things, but he's really fucking smart. He's really smart. And, and to be able to sit here and just listen to two of these great minds debate entirely different creative perspectives Pretty awesome. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Ross, put your hands together. He's out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today, JR. Hey, a brother's got to pee. All right? I'm so sorry about my... uh, Go find us two flight attendants. Yeah. Well, it works half the time. I felt so embarrassed that night. God damn. It, it looked like a. It looked like a someone a, a child holding a big red apple. Go to your room, Jim. Moneyformongo.com is why we're here, and we really appreciate the voice of professional wrestling. One more time. Jim Ross, ladies and gentlemen. Moneyformongo.com is why we're here. And Mick, uh, they're dropping like flies on your side of the table. I'm okay. Uh, (laughs) I've peed twice since we've been here, so... Okay. I, uh, I'm curious, you know, when you take a look at modern wrestling, what's going on with the current WWE product, what's going on with the current AEW product, is there one talent in particular that you think, boy, if I had one more match, not now, but yeah. back in the day, like, man, I could have done something special with this guy. Yeah. Is there anybody that stands out that gets your creative juices flowing? Well, I love what Moxley's doing. I really do. First of all, for having the strength to realize he had an issue and to address that and come back from rehab. I know he's got a you know, beautiful wife and a small child, but he just loves the business so much that he, he reminds me of that classic traveling champion. He's going to Japan. He has a list of things he wants to do, styles he wants to do. He loves the wild stuff. I... I I was there when uh, he and Nick Gage had one of the hardcore matches for GCW. And I love their show because that's the only hardcore match on the show. Um, But I really admire what he's done. And I think if I had that one match, which I don't, uh, unless it's cinematic, that's my way out. Uh, Cinematic. No, I doubt. Doubtful. But I love what he's doing, and I love the intensity of the promos. And that's, uh, I would, you know, so when we talk, I I think I mentioned this last night, talking about uh, Rick and I in the bloodiest interview segment of all time. Do you remember that, Rick? Uh, In TNA, Terry Taylor comes in, he says, you guys have 10 minutes, just do that thing between the two of you that only you two understand. (laughs) 
which means we're not going to tell you what to say. You get 10 minutes. So I said to Rick, Rick, I'm going to ask for a, a last man standing match and make me work for it. And he goes, I will. And we get out there, and all of a sudden, Rick starts whacking away at his, at his head, and he's get the, 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 the scar tissue in his starts flowing blood and I think I know he's a nature boy but I'm not about to be shown up and, and Jeff was there was like I can't produce blood that way but <laughs> dug on it Robert Fuller taught me how to give a hard way and I'm going to do it to myself on this uh, so Rick's bleeding and then I go you boom 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 and we're just close to each other and it was like one of those things that made me feel alive you know that made me feel alive and and i loved it so i think the intensity of the promos is what i would really admire and look forward to with a guy like like john moxley and i read moxley's book that almost happened right it almost you guys happened, at least had yeah. a conversation what happened there well um i failed the impact test okay. yeah uh, two neurologists. Uh, I realized it was not going well, and uh, so independently of WWE, I went to uh, Robert Cantu at the Boston Center for Traumatic Encephalopathy. It's called the Concussion, Concussion Legacy Center now, but as long as I can continue to say Boston Center for Traumatic Encephalopathy, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> so, I, I couldn't begin to say that. <laughs> and by the way, nothing wrong with going to rehab. No, I mean, all the money, I really power to, I mean, it's the best thing Doesn't always done. work, but yeah. it's four weeks away for the shit. And but I think... I did you, 35 days. <laughs> this is, I think you guys will appreciate I my answer to uh, Dr. Kent, who's one of the most noted neurologists in the world, and he said, you should never wrestle again. And I looked at him and I said, I can work an entire match around my left knee. <laughs> Which means I've still got one more left in me. Like, I, I accept that you said words, but they just physically passed from one ear out the other. And then he looked at me and he said, Mr. Foley, when I met you two weeks ago, you struck me as a bright young man. Those are his words, young man. He says, I've been reading up about you. He says, you've got a lot to live for. He said, if you want to try to find another neurologist... To clear you, that's up to you, but I'm telling you, you should never wrestle again. And it was like the bat was out of my hand, and I felt a weight off my shoulders. First thing I did when I got in the car was call Edge because, you know, his career at that time had been taken away from him. And, and you now my career is largely done, but it's just a matter of retiring on your own terms as opposed to somebody else's terms. But I was good with it. I was, uh, I was, I was good with it and uh, some of you heard me tell the story that the most difficult thing all of us face I believe challenge wise is to find something that makes us feel like we did when we were in that ring and it's really difficult for a lot of guys to go from being in the action figure rack next to Spider-Man to trying to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life and that's why I'm so grateful for the avenues I have you know the podcast with Conrad, uh, I go out there and I tell stories, slightly exaggerated for your listening pleasure on my <laughs> one-man shows. And, uh, and even the, the goofy cameos I do, it's all given me a chance to perform. And I, so I appreciate all of you who continue to make me feel like someone, but this afternoon's not about me, it's about Mongo. So uh, again, please go to Money for Mongo. Every, every little bit counts, it really does, and there really is strength in numbers. Thanks. Well said. 
Jeff, we're starting to wind up, and you've uh, been in the headlines most recently. Everybody wants to know, what's Jeff doing next? I don't know if you read yesterday's Observer, but he had a couple paragraphs about you. Everybody wants to know. You've kept them guessing. You look phenomenal about a month ago. Um, some people would say as good as ever in Ric Flair's last match. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for what you did. I know it meant a lot to Rick, too, and it was a phenomenal performance. But what's next for you? You know, I'll get emotional thinking about this. Uh, Woo, we love you. Because we, oh man, you do it to me every time. Um, I got a second lease on life and went to treatment and came out and they teach us something in treatment to live one day at a time literally one day at a time. And if you would have told me this time last year, uh, Top Guy Weekend is is what's going on here, folks that aren't aware that are watching Money from Mongo, but it's, uh, Conrad, Top Guy Weekend is for our Patreon members. Last year when I came up here, I weighed about 25 pounds less. I'd gotten sick, it, it's, what's anyway. But I came home from Chicago and told myself, because I'd been getting calls and had no idea where I was gonna really take my life or my career. Um, you know, during COVID and pandemic, I'd gone to WWE and back in the Hall of Fame and just all kind of stuff. But I really decided, made up my mind is, I'm gonna get in shape and just see what happens. Literally just see what's happened. I've, I've had some one-offs on this, but if you told me this time last year that I was gonna get the opportunity to have Ric Flair's last match, and everything that went with that, I'd have said, you're smoking crack. There's no way that would happen. So what's going to happen for Jeff next? I really have no idea. But I do know one thing is, from the time I wake up, from the time I go to sleep every night, I do everything I can to be better than I was yesterday. And I've just kind of let, <laughs> let God take me down that road. Because I, well, the reason I got emotional just then is, is me and Mick, in a way, started together in Tennessee. He came down early, but his legendary career, and we've talked about a few other folks, um, but to get that call or fail that test, I'm blessed. I, I'm 55 and, and still have the health to get in the ring and carry his ass for 30 minutes. <laughs> but no, I, I do. So, uh, you know, when we think about why we're here, moneyformongo.com, um, living one day at a time has a completely different perspective uh, in, in so many ways. So, folks, um, one last time. Mongo was incredibly gifted athlete, but he's facing some tough times, and the real deal is his family. Steve's in a chair. He'd do anything to get out of that chair and provide for his family. There are real consequences, financially, emotionally, spiritually. But if you can do anything and help Steve, personally help Steve out to take care of some financial burden, it would be a, a great, great thing. So moneyformongo.com. Hey, Eric, we're wrapping up. Any final words about Mongo before we go off the air here? Yeah, real quick. I, I think 
I mean, I can't say anything better than these gentlemen have said here tonight. But here's the one thing that I, I do want to say about Mongo. A lot of people came in, in the position that I was in. I met a lot of people who wanted to come into the wrestling business for the opportunity, the money, the exposure, the rub, whatever the case may be. Steve came to WCW and was excited about being a part of WCW because he was one of you. He's a wrestling fan first. Happened to be a Super Bowl champion, an amazingly talented guy with a larger-than-life personality. But first and foremost, he was a wrestling fan. And wrestling fans are some of the most loyal fans in the country. I believe that. I really do. Let's prove it tonight. Money for Mongo. Moneyformongo.com is why we're here. Rick, any last words about your great friend Steve McMichael? Well, Mongo's watching this, you know. So, Mongo... I know you've laughed. Take this for serious because I'm going to make you laugh one more time because there's always another story. So, WCW, Betty Boobs, MGM. Eric, remember? The The Betty Boob Bar, MGM Grand. Mongo says, go upstairs and put your robe on, I dare you. Mongo, don't ever dare the next one. Upstairs, down in the green robe. Da-da! Right in the belly boat. Sat down with Mongo and kept on drinking. <laughs> Completely naked. <laughs> Have my shoes on. <laughs> Rick can close the show and, like and, only and, the nature and, boy and, can. And, Mongo, that's it, brother. I'll, be, I'll see you in about a half hour, brother. I'm on my way. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Love you, Steve. Please like and share this. Give all you can. Moneyformongo.com. Give it up for Mick Foley, Rick Flair, Jeff Jarrett, Eric And thank you, Conrad Thompson, for making this possible for all of us. All of us. My last match, this format, one guy put all this together. It's not us right here. One guy thought of this, one guy put it together. Thank you.